What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. In today's episode, I sit down with Bradley Ellison of Somerset Painting in Michigan, multi-million dollar painting company, and Bradley shares with us some wisdom, uh, some gems, and some things that I think are going to definitely help anyone listening to this, including myself, uh, about how to run a successful, profitable business with a focus on balancing work and life. So that's one of his values, and I think all of us can learn a little bit from it. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right, they're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener, it's so much better, and that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time, and that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat, and that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets Podcast. All right, so what's going on, everyone? I'm here with a good friend, Bradley Ellison of Somerset Painting. He actually paints all of Michigan. Um, and, uh, he's here kind enough to join us on the contractor secrets podcast. And I'm going to grill him with questions and try to get all of his gems out of him, Uh, so everyone else can succeed in the way that his company has Brad. Welcome to, Hey man, contractor secrets podcast. thanks. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be on. <laughs> awesome, man. So we're streaming live in the painting contractors, Facebook group. Uh, those of you who know, Brad, uh, please feel free to ask questions as we go through this. Uh, we're going to interact with you as well, but really just kind of want to touch base, Brad. Why don't you start off by giving us kind of like an overview, uh, give us the investor pitch of what uh, Somerset painting looks like, you know, I, you know, kind of just some things to give you some ideas on what, you know, most of our audience really likes to hear is how many people are working for you? What does your day look like? And mm-hmm. uh, if you care to share just a general revenue, uh, that's always fun to know too. So why don't you take sure, that? Man. So a uh, quick background on the company. The company was founded in 1984. Uh, so I was only three when it was founded. And uh, probably not surprisingly, I had nothing to do with the founding. Um, I met my partner, Rick Hartzell, uh, about six or seven years ago um, at church. It was kind of a, a chance encounter. I was um, I own a health insurance agency as well. And I was looking for um, more seasonal business to to get into. Um, and so I met Rick one morning at church. We hit off immediately. Two days later, he offered me um, a position within his company, uh, to which I replied, I would love to sell your painting services. I'll probably be the best sales guy you ever had, but I'm not interested in being just a sales guy. Um, I only want to come on board if there's an opportunity to own your company eventually. And Rick is in his 60s, and he said, perfect. I need someone to buy it from me in a few years. Let's uh, let's start working together and see what happens. So wow. that, was six, that was six years ago. We signed our purchase agreement last year. So right now we are 50-50 partners, and a year and a half from now, I'll be the sole owner. So... Uh, wow. Yeah, go ahead if you have a question. No, I was going to say, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people look at it like I, I, they want to sell their business at some point. They they have this idea. They've heard selling a business is a good idea. And a lot of people think like, how could I possibly sell my business? Because I do so much of everything. No one can replace me. And what's interesting is you've been working alongside this guy for three years. Like you're mm-hmm. slowly becoming the face if you're not already the face of Somerset Painting, right? Yeah. Well, the transition was pretty quick. I mean, the reality is Rick started a company with super high integrity. We are the highest rated company in Michigan and we were before I started. So that's not, that's not because of me. Uh, right. I, I'd like to think that I've perpetuated that. Um, but really he, 
he started the company. He built it um, by being a painter and trying to find good workers. And very quickly after I came on board, I really took over as the face. And so now, you know, I'm introduced as the the owner and he's the founder. And when people call the office asking to the owner, they're going to speak to me. Uh, it was a it was a good transition because he was ready to step back and just do sales. And really, that's all he does now. He goes out. He loves talking to people. He yeah. sells. Do you, you think know, that he's going to stick around? Is that does he want to stick around in that role? I mean, at some point, stay busy. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he'd like to. Um, I think he'll scale it back even more um, if it's just part time. And that's kind of we don't have a set agreement for that. Once I'm in, once I own the company hundred percent, I can choose to just part ways with him if I'd like to. Uh, I can't imagine that being the case because he's such a great guy and he's such a great sales guy that even if he wanted to sell for me two to three days a week, I know it's going to be profitable. I know I can trust him. Sure. I know he can sell. Um, so that's, that's, that remains to be seen. He's got grandkids in other, in other States and he likes to travel and do some charity work. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of years from now he just says, you know what? I'll just keep so it's just my interesting, man, when, you know, from a different perspective, you look at like a personal develop. I love personal development. I love all this mm -hmm. stuff. You created your own reality here. I mean, you were, you had your insurance company. I sold insurance. Mm -hmm. It's a dog eat dog business. Mm -hmm. There's nothing tangible there. It's kind of hard. You don't really know as much as, you know, when you're selling insurance, I learned that you're usually selling fear because people, you know, have to buy insurance 100%. and that's just a different sale. But if you get the skill set in insurance and you can transition it to something that people actually love, which is getting mm -hmm. their house painted, it's, it's cake, you know, and as long as you show up, do what you got to do, you know, um, and it seems like you've kind of master that. So let's talk a little bit about your sales process. I know there's a lot of people that want to learn mm -hmm. how to sell jobs for a few more reasons, more profitably, more consistently, um, and, and essentially really just have some sort of flow uh, with their mm -hmm. sales process. And I talk a lot about stop estimating, start selling. Can you just walk us through briefly what's some strategy that you have that you're using currently in your business? I mean, uh, we didn't briefly, we didn't talk about revenue, but I know you guys are a multi-million dollar company. What are some things that you do that set you apart in terms of your sales process? Sure. So yeah, as far as revenue, we're uh, last year we did a little over $3 million and that was a down year for us because the wow. state of Michigan shut us down for two months um, in March through May. Uh, this year, we're, our goal is $4 million. We're a little behind on pace, but we're way ahead of last year. Wow. Um, so our, our, my sales philosophy really is uh, high quality uh, interactions with the customer and straight up volume. I know a lot of people within our group talk about they, they only get leads from, from personal referrals or Facebook. And those, you and I both know, Tanner, that those are the most valuable types of leads that you can get, right? It's like, it's a no brainer. They're going to purchase. They know you, they like you, they trust you. They just want mm -hmm. you to give them the price. Yeah, got it. And Love. that works great if you're a painter and you have one or two guys working with you and you can probably stay busy that way. But you and I both know as well that if you really want to scale your business, you got to find leads other ways. So we spent a lot of money in, in marketing. Uh, last year, I think we spent about $250,000, uh, mostly towards wow. HomeAdvisor, Angie's List, a little bit. Well, you said the Yelp. H word. Hold on. You yeah. said the H word, bro. Be careful. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get egged on here. People are going to egg us. What, let's fine. go back, man. What's the, what, you're one of the only people that I that advocate for HomeAdvisor along with me. And it's not because we like Home Advisor. It's just because tell us why we like Home Advisor. Yeah, I don't, I don't advocate, I don't advocate for Home Advisor. I advocate for what works for us, and that right. works for me. And I, and I've done the research. I've tracked all the numbers, and I know that if I put, if I put a thousand dollars into Home Advisor, it's going to generate ten thousand dollars worth of revenue. 
insane. And if so, somebody offered you an investment, almost like Bitcoin, said, here, put $1,000, you can 10X your investment. It's silly not to, right? Right. And you have skeptics when it comes to that, but it's the same with home advisor. And the key, as as you know, is is systems. You got to have you right. got to have systems in place to make every right. dollar you spend from advisor or any other lead service for that matter count. So here's right. our process: we we generate leads. We generate leads from home advisor, from our website, from social media, wherever it comes in. As soon as the lead is generated, I have someone. Her only job is to schedule estimates. So she fields incoming calls and text messages and emails. She responds immediately, like literally within a minute. That customer is getting um, a phone call from us. Uh, they are getting an automated text message through a service we use. If it came, if the lead came from Angie's List or Home Advisor, uh, and if uh, she'll leave a voicemail if she doesn't catch him on the phone, and if she doesn't catch him on the phone, she also sends an email, which then starts off an email campaign that's going to send a series of emails over the next few days trying to catch him. Uh, yeah. What what a lot of people don't realize is they they pay seventy five to one hundred dollars per lead for Home Advisor, which is a lot of money. It is. If you're not if you're not beating the hell out of that lead and getting an opportunity to sell the job, then you really are wasting your money. And so for the people that say they spent five hundred or a thousand dollars through Home Advisor and it was it was a scam, they didn't make any money. Yeah. My question is, how many times did you follow up with them and how many ways did you follow up with them? And how was your sales process? So I have the, the estimator that's really beating the hell out of the lead to get me or one of my sales guys in front of them. They get a confirmation email and the confirmation email, they have our builder's license, our liability certificate, our workers' comp certificate already attached. They have our, our mission statement and a video from, from my partner about our, our charity work. We show up, uh, we show up on time. Like literally, if I'm going to be more than one minute late for an estimate, they're getting a phone call, letting them know. Um, and oftentimes I'm running early, which they freaking love. <laughs> People, if they know yeah, they can they get the estimate, it's estimate like a out surprise. of the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we show up on time. Um, I meet, honestly, I meet with the customer for about 15 minutes. I have them walk around their house, show me the scope of the project inside and out. Um, and after that, honestly, it's pretty hands off uh, for me. I take a ton of pictures. I take a ton of notes. And by the end of the night, I will have pieced together the most intricate detailed estimate they will have ever seen from any tradesman ever. Yeah, there's no fabrication. It, it, it's, it's in their email <laughs> inbox. Yeah. Absolutely. Tanner Tanner teases me about our estimates. Our estimates sometimes are 30 pages long. Yeah. Um, 25 pictures, pages of notes. Uh, I, it works for What's us. What's interesting is this, like, you know, and, and it works for you. What's interesting is this, right? I mean, like, first of all, everything that you said is to be expected, but it's also something that's not expected, right? I mean, you know, you know, following up with somebody who requests a service. Reason why a lot of people don't do that is because you know, we, we deal with a lot of one to two man teams, man. They don't have mm -hmm. a special lady in the office calling and following up with emails. You know, sure. we could talk automations, drip jobs, different things that you're using. I think you're using estimate rocket. They have mm -hmm. automations built in text message services. These things can be put together and, and they're valuable because we're nurturing the lead, you know, and once we actually get that appointment, once we get in front of somebody, right, then that's when we turn on the gas, you know, and some of the things that you do, which I mean, you know, again, separating yourself is showing up on time, uh, answering the phone, um, I love that you're building value in emails of uh, your charity work and different things like that, because what we're doing is like we're warming up uh, the sale. We're, we're selling before the sale. I was sitting down, sat down with Eric the other day, and that was kind of what we were talking about, about just building value before we actually ask for the business. Like from what I understand, the customers pretty much already sold on you guys because you're the one following up with them. Can you believe how many people tell me that they have to follow up with their contractor? I laugh, you know, mm -hmm. how many times? 
hey, you know, are you ready to move forward with us? Oh, well, we, we just have to reach out to the guy who came and gave us an estimate to see when he'll, his estimate will be ready. What? You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, you, you take that sales mentality, which isn't selling, it's servicing and customer service. You have a customer service background and then you bring it into a business where customer service is almost like a Christmas present. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's, like it, it's insane, right? Um, yeah. And, it, and obviously that works to our advantage, right? So when I talk to a customer, I reach out, Hey, are you ready to move forward? And they say, well, we're still waiting on these two other estimates. You know, I, I always make a joke about it. I say, yeah, we're always the first one to have our estimate delivered. Um, we're always waiting on other companies. I guess that's the downside to running a business so professionally and efficiently. Boom. We'll wait Boom. for those other guys. Boom. Then, well, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, <laughs> and, 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 and you're raising the standard, man. It's, you know, it's, it's ultimately mm-hmm. like this, you know, people understand that they pay for a great experience. You know, that's why people go on vacation they go to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. It's worth more to pay for a great experience. Right. But if you're not providing right. that great experience, which you're just building trust and essentially foreshadowing that the actual work is going to be done properly, efficiently, and you're not going to cause them pain, you know, through right. litigation and headaches and not showing up and guys doing things they shouldn't do, they're going to pay more for that. And, and the right customers appreciate that. Sometimes it takes customers who have been through a poor experience to see a guy in a company like you and say, mm-hmm. you know what, this is how it should have been. No problem here. Here's the money that you want. Cause I'm not going yep. through that again. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know, but yeah, people, people want to pay for a good experience. And I've also found that the people that don't want to pay for a good experience and ask me to price match or offer a discount. Uh, we, we took a hard stance on people that asked for discounts this year. The answer is simply, you know what? We don't do discounts. And quite frankly, the people that ask for discounts oftentimes are the biggest headache. So I'm going to go ahead and pass in your project. Good luck. Yeah, and they're like yeah. shocked. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But isn't that true? Yeah. Isn't that true? The people that ask for discounts are the biggest nightmares. They're the most. Demanding. Well, there's a couple people that like, you know, some people ask me for a military discount out of nowhere. Right. Like, and that's fine here. You know, absolutely. Like some people ask for a senior discount. No problem. And I have 150 flat fees for both. Right. No problem. Sure. Like you can get, you know, if I give you a price and then right before you give me a deposit that I know you're about to give me and you throw that out, no problem. But if you're mm-hmm. coming at me like, Hey, this company came in that's- here, what, what can you do? And Those I'm thinking, are the discounts that I will not even consider. I would love to sit down with them and be like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. Do me a favor. I want you to get me a log of the other company's labor, and I want you to get me a log of their insurance, their workers' comp. I want to know mm-hmm. what they're paying each guy. I want to know what their last five jobs look like. I want to know. I want to talk to the last five customers. I want to see all the reviews. Let's compare mm-hmm. reviews first before we compare price. Oh, let's compare. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's see how many oh, reviews yeah. they have. Oh, they have three, and you want to compare me to 250, and you want me to compare yep. price. So it's like, you know, that's the thing is like, if you didn't do a good enough job though, showcasing why you're different in terms of what's off the paper, then some customers might see it as, well, I can't really identify a difference. Like for you though, for sure, you know what I'm saying? Like you do so much before, during, you know, that it's like, okay, wait a minute. There's definitely some differences here. Even if the scope is the same, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I can tell them. Hey, I could charge you a large, uh, a lighter price by paying guys fifteen dollars an hour, like my exactly. But then I, I wouldn't be Somerset painting, and you would. I got guys anyway. that have been with me since I started the business, Miss. Okay, I didn't just pick mm-hmm. them up at Home Depot. <laughs> right. You know, there's labor involved. You're, and I, and you know, I learned that I have to. No, I wouldn't explain it like that. I'm talking to you, but I have to explain it like this. It's like. Miss, you're getting four painters on the job. The labor charge that you're paying us is for that service. 
right? So mm -hmm. when you compare us to another company, you may only be getting one to two painters, which, you know, on the surface, you might say, well, what's the big deal? Well, guess what? If your job lands on a Friday, those one to two painters are going to be pretty tired as opposed mm -hmm. to our four painters who are fresh and the workload is balanced. Big sure. difference, right? You know, so yeah, like you got to be creative if you really want the job. I'm not doing this on a one, two bedroom. I'm doing this on our bread and butter, full interiors, you know, you know, the good mm -hmm. jobs, you know what I'm saying? So, yep. so going back to process. So after, um, after we send out the estimate, which is always delivered by the end of the night, um, I, uh, we have a, a series of automated follow-up emails that are going to go out starting three days later then seven days later. And then of course I'm, fo I'm following up with phone calls in the meantime. Um, but again, it's, it's a matter of, we spent the money for the leads. We spent the time to go out and do the estimates. I want to try to milk every dollar I can from my Absolutely. marketing budget. Let me ask you this, following up, following up, right? Yep. How important is it after the sale to follow up and why? Well, if you're not, so you're going to get some low hanging fruit, right? Some people will just want to hire you and they're going to pay whatever price and you're not never going to have to reach out to them. They're going to call you back just because they want to hire you. And those are great. You can't build a, a $4 million company from that. Um, the other ones you actually have to work for. And so if you're not, if you're not following up, I don't know why you would ever expect anyone to call you back because there's a million reasons to not call you back. They, they can, they can justify delaying the project. They can justify spending less money by hiring someone else. So if you're not, if you're not following up, then I, I don't, I don't know why you're wasting your time Dude, really even doing. I, I can't believe estimates. people don't follow up. And even like, I don't care if you're a one to two man company, like build the, build the muscle of learning how to follow up because yeah, you might get away with doing one job a week and just taking low hanging fruit. But guess mm -hmm. what? When you get a team of four that needs two jobs a week, or you get mm -hmm. two teams and you need five jobs a week. And as you're, yeah. you're probably doing 12 to 14 jobs a week, right? Just about. Yeah, we have, yeah. So we have, we actually have 14 crews starting this spring. Yeah. This so, spring. I mean, yeah. you need to follow, like following up. What it really does is it, is it expedites the ultimatum, you know, really that's yeah. what it is. And you're I'm going to get the house paint. It's definitely more difficult for for smaller companies to do all this, right? As a, as an owner owner operator, I understand that it's got to be very very difficult to balance the actual production, like being on site and doing the work, and then doing all the scheduling, all the estimating, all the follow up. Um, but it, you almost have to then cordon off a, a day each week where you your crew to. is working and you are not even close to the job site. Right. You are off site. Right. You are you're End scheduling job, estimates. You're following detail. up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, you got to grow out of that. You got to grow out of that role, like grow sure. into and a I, new and, role. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I know that I have the luxury that I, like I told you, I've never painted a house, man. I'm not a yeah. painter. Right. Yeah. I don't and even so have I, a paintbrush. Right. And so I, <laughs> I, I have the luxury of my whole calendar is based on the management of the business and 0% on, on the actual painting. Yeah, well, if if you really want to grow business, and there's some guys that just love painting, and that's fine. And I, you are, know, are totally I totally comfortable making guys, the money listen, they want to make. Yeah, that's fine. But I talk to those guys, yeah. and eventually they get tired and burnt out. And but they love the painting aspect. Go paint your family's house. Go do it for charity if you want. If you really love it that much, you do it for free. Build your yeah. business. Let that business generate you income because you know it so well. And mm -hmm. then if you really want to scratch the itch, go do it for free for somebody. Do a charity thing on the side for yourself but ultimately when they get that system going they'll be like oh okay you know what i can be more of a supervisor project manager right. as opposed to an actual painter 
Well, so, and, that, and that, you know. that transition into something that I am super passionate about, and you know this, is the kind of the work-life family balance. Absolutely. If I you are you got a beautiful family. You got a, a nice picture behind you there. Bro, the, right there is the reason yeah. why I do what I do. I could do Love a million it. other things, and I, I, I could actually probably make more money doing something else, um, or I could work less doing something else. But we have, my wife and I have consciously chosen the direction of our careers in such a way that allows us to prioritize what's most important to us. And for us, yeah. that's, that's our family time. And um, if you're constantly working in your business, meaning on-site painting, even if you're constantly doing estimates and, and management of your team and you're working 50, 60 hours a week, I don't, I don't know how you, how you can have a healthy life balance outside of that. And so I, I schedule that into my days. You know, there's, there's certain mornings where I'm, it's totally blocked out. I don't do anything. I, I, I wake up with my family. I stay and we have breakfast. And then maybe I go to my first estimate around 10 AM. I get to the gym five days a week without fail. And I schedule it into my day. Uh, and in the, the way that we've structured Somerset and our estimating process, it allows me to get home most days, even during busy season by three or three 30 PM. Nice. And I have time with my wife and my two kids. Uh, that, that to me is the most important. If, if at some point it was working out where I was having to do 60, 70 hours a week, which I've done in previous positions, I quit and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll walk away from Somerset and I'll go do, go do something else. Even if it means making less money. Yeah. Yeah. Your value system's in the right place. And I think that, you know, I think that needs to be centered because part of the motivation of those who have that value system that aren't quite there and are frustrated and thinking about leaving their business, well, they need to really talk to one of us, I think, and ultimately get to a mm -hmm. point where, you know, the business is built around their family rather than their family being built around their business. And I think that's a right. really important thing. I mean, you know, you have a business to supplement the things that are most valuable. And when all those things outside of your work are healthy and thriving, guess what else thrives? Your business. Yeah, your business. It just yeah. happens. By right. You're right. Yeah. Right. You're, you're, and yeah. so, and, and because that's our priority, I also prioritize that with my staff. So I, I tell my staff, um, you know, like my, my office staff, my project managers, my quality. So, real quick, manager. how many staff members do you have? So, we have, we have three um, full time staff members. Okay. Me and my partner do sales. We have another full time sales guy. And then we have all of our crew leaders. So, uh, like, staff that are paid salaries they right. they're expected to work from 8 30 to 4 30 and once 4 30 comes around they can turn off their phone and ignore my phone calls if absolutely needed um because i want them to not be tied down and burdened by my business uh and the same thing with our, with our crew leaders is the they have the opportunity to make a lot of money working for us and i want to help them get to that point where they can continue to develop other workers underneath them, um, make more money while working less. Uh, yeah. And when people are happy and thriving outside of work, then work thrives and we all make they more do. money. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, some people have that pressure, right. That they, they apply, mm -hmm. but I think, you know, it comes from a lack of, of, of leadership and management that creates that. And then, you know, I mean, it starts from the top, man. And if the leader mm -hmm. centered in, what their value system is. I've met contractors who own businesses that money is their freaking goal, man. And they will try to get it at any cost. They will, yeah. they will dock employees for mistakes. They will charge customers every little thing and just have this like 
arms cross mentality of like, yeah. I'm just watching my numbers go up. And like, it's just such a dry, cold uh, feeling in a business. And everyone has high cortisol levels or anxious. They don't want to make mistakes. And it just creates such anxiety. And what you've created seems like, you know, uh, not only do you value the family that you have, you know, for yourself, but you treat your, your, your workers like family. There's a good atmosphere. And what do they do by default? They feel that they can be creative on the job. They feel that they're not afraid to make mistakes. They feel that sure. they can do little extras, I'm sure, which you probably don't even know about, that your customers yeah, tell you that they did. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jose hung pictures in my daughter's room. I couldn't get it hung. You know, little things like that that mm -hmm. you'd be like, oh, that was nice of yep. him and not be upset that he was off doing something outside of your time, right? Yep. And when they know, when they know that they have my trust, then the integrity goes through the roof. Because they know they can it. tell me anything. I got their back. Mistakes are going to happen. It's not oh, a yeah. big deal. We can cover yeah. it. And, and yeah. well, you know, um, I so we operate purely with subcontractors when it comes to production. Yeah. Um, but you have split. built really good relationships. You rarely take on that, new subs at this point, right? I mean, you know, your subs, like they're like your family. We, we try to, we try to bring on a couple uh, new crews every year. Um, but it's tough because they, bet, our, they, our they better be leave. high quality if they're going to come yeah. into your mix, bro. Absolutely. And the crews that come work for us, you know, they, they all technically have their own painting companies, but they've been so frustrated um, and inefficient at sales and management and billing and invoicing and everything else and scheduling. Yeah. That's, that's our value prop. So they come on board and with the idea that, you know, they're going to try, maybe they'll take a few jobs from us here and there, but most of the work is going to continue to be their own. And we make their lives so easy and so profitable that they have no reason to get business from anywhere else. Um, but the point is, so they, they go out and we split the, the revenue of the job, the labor revenue for the job. And without fail, there's going to be some jobs where the, the customer is extra picky. There's maybe that maybe the, um, the job was misbid. It was bid too low. And the crew knows that when, it, when push comes to shove, if they come to me and they say, Hey, this was a little light. I need a little extra on the job. I think there's been twice in the past three years that I said, no, um, yeah. because it's, it's it's fair. I, I know. There's, a, there's a level of respect and fairness that I know they're not, you know. I trust them that they're yeah. not trying to take advantage of me. And then they trust that when, when there's an issue, they can come to me and then we both win. I'll lose a little bit of money on that job, yeah. but not have a, so, a crew that's loyal. So let me ask you this. You guys run the sub model. Are, mm -hmm. are employees of all have any interest to you? Internal employees, even just one or two crews. Do you, does that like interest you at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would be open to it. That's not the way that Somerset was, was built. Um, and probably until I'm the sole owner, we'll continue to do only the subcontractor model. Uh, I'm, I'm smart enough to know that I'm not that smart and there's other people that have figured things out better than I. So this, this works for us, but I'm always open to trying different approaches. Um, because I, what I, happens I, up North is that the snow kind of makes it to where, you know, you don't really have the. I guess, I don't know, the consistent work. And you can tell your guys, hey, we're off for the next. And then that makes it a little hard, right? We have six and a half months of good weather that we can paint outside um, that we're just about to kick off. And then from November through April, really, there it's just interior work. And it's it's, it's light. Um, we During the summer months, we're, we might sell four to $500,000 worth, uh, worth of jobs every month. During December, January, February, we're selling 60 to 70,000. I mean, it's just, and, and all those jobs are discounted just to win them, right? We just offer all season discounts. Yeah. Yeah. So and, you have uh, people booked right now for next season ready to go because you've offered them such a good deal. Yep. And, but the, that, and the but customer, that's, that's tough to do this. The customers time are used to that though. 
Yeah, yeah. But right, people that are calling us for interior estimates right now are not likely to want to wait till November, December to have the interior. Some, some want them done quicker, yeah. Yeah, so we, we started to transition. Yeah. Um, so we'll still do interior work right now. We've, we charge full price. And uh, come September, October, we'll start selling discounted interior services for the, for the winter. Um, but that's another thing I haven't really figured out is yeah. how do I keep all these guys busy? How do I keep 40 to 50 painters consistently busy during the winter? And if we could do that, well, then it, it would be a more logical transition. Well, the reality of the employees. situation is the reality situation is it's just I believe that the work is still there. I mean, you, even what you're doing, the volume that you're doing, like you're not even putting a dent into the market. It's just because the market is so freaking big. And it's just a matter, I think, of just continuing that branding, getting people to know you, keeping, you know, which seems not to be that hard for you because your company's massive. Yeah. You know? And we're making, I think we're making you probably strides. transition the company to be more online and more like, like, because I know that, you know, your, your guy's probably a little old school. He probably didn't have yeah. to, he probably didn't even know Home Advisor was. You're like, yo, we should check out Home Advisor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, is it's that kind of what you've been, been, doing? A, been a transition? Yeah. 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 And we, we just went through a whole new, whole rebranding, whole new website, which our, our website is already like generating so many new leads for us, Love which yeah. are, you can't really say no cost because I spent a bunch of money to build a new website, but uh, each lead that comes in is not costing me any extra. So that, that point, that's, yeah, that's just, been a good transition. Yeah, we're, we're about to, yeah, we never really did much social media advertising, and that's part of this marketing agency. They're yeah. taking over um, all of that. Um, so we're going to be generating like you in in Colorado. Like you guys have a lot of similarities the way they do it in Colorado. I don't know why, but mm -hmm. Colorado is like the mecca for house painting, man. I mean, it's insane, dude. The the standards there are super high. Um, the companies run exactly like how you run and maybe they're just more mm -hmm. active on social media. Cause I always hear Colorado, Colorado, where I'm getting at is this, is that, um, a lot of those guys knock on doors, man. And I didn't hear you say that once. That was never something that you did. You probably did it with mm -hmm. life insurance cause I did, but, um, I was just curious. I mean, is that ever anything that he did or is that something that you feel is of any value at this point? I don't think it is right. Uh, door knocking, uh, door knocking to find our potential customers is, I don't know. I don't know if that would go well, walking up to a $3 million house, knocking on their door and trying to sell a painting service. Right. Uh, what we try to do is when those $3 million houses need painting, making it as easy as possible for them to find us. And they will. I mean, if you Google painters in Oakland County or painters in Bloomfield Hills, we are, they're going to find us. Um, so that's, door knocking, that's no. the way they buy now that the way they buy now is they do their own research and then they find yeah. a company after their own. Yeah. What is valuable of course, is when you're on a job, having the yard signs out and, um, door hangers on a few houses, uh, close by, um, they can see the workers there for a week painting. And so has that been valuable and, for you? The door hangers? Yeah. Yeah. We get, I mean, wow. the, the yards, the yard signs are good. We get a lot of calls from our trucks cause our trucks are all branded and look really sweet. Um, and yeah, the door hangers in, in increased, um, response compared to just doing the yard signs. Nice. Yeah. Do you think people, any, anybody ever complain about them being hung on their doorknob? No, nah. really. I mean, they get, they get so much garbage on their door anyway, right? <laughs> A lot of them probably <laughs> to throw it away. They're used to it. That's awesome. So what's, you know, so think about it like this though, you, you work, you mentioned work-life balance, something so important to you you're getting ready to step into pretty much a proprietary role in this mm -hmm. mammoth of a company, you know, three to 5 million. Um, do you feel as though you're going to need another you? hundred percent. I'm already looking. Yeah. Right? yeah. 
I mean, the, the idea is when I'm sole owner, I have to find someone else that can take over some other responsibilities because like, it's super proud that our company is where it's at sidewise. But uh, you mentioned it, it. I think we're just the tip at the tip of the iceberg right now. I think painting alone in Metro Detroit, Michigan, we could get to 10 million. And then, you know, at that point, do we want to expand into other home services, uh, window washing, house cleaning, uh, roofing, window installation. Has franchising I mean, ever crossed your mind? Is that where it ever came through? Uh, my partner tried franchising. Um, didn't really work. I mean, he made a little money because he sold a couple franchises, right? But the, the franchisees were not successful. Oh, so um, he actually went through it to the point where he actually did the agreements and sold uh, Somerset as a, as a standalone. Yeah, but Somerset was the, the name... So he sold one um, outside of Michigan uh, to a guy that was, he worked here and then he was moving out somewhere else. And then another one locally, just in a different geographical area than where we were currently working. And the guy that moved out of state, the Somerset name didn't translate. No one, no one in Kansas city cared who Somerset painting yeah, was. That's tricky. The name, di name didn't matter. Uh, and then locally, the, the guy, he just, he wasn't Rick. He wasn't my partner and he didn't have the sales skills. And that's what franchising. I think franchising and house painting dude is one of the hardest things to do. I think you can do it as a cabinet coating business, but mm -hmm. I think they like, cause you have that standalone shop, you have that and that's all you do, but maybe like house painting. It's so like, there's so many, so much variety. It's hard to narrow down those processes. You know, you know, you kind of feel me on that or you think it's possible just done in a different fashion. Well, I think the franchise model can be done. I mean, you could buy a franchise and make it successful. I could buy a franchise and make it. It's successful. just the right franchise. You gotta have, you gotta have the right franchisee, right? And I, I'd be interested to know, like, Serta Pro painters. It's, I don't know if you have Serta Pro down where you are, but yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they're everywhere. They just right? came. They just came in my hometown. Right. So those are franchises. Uh, I would be interested to know what percentage of those franchises end up being successful and which ones fail. It's it's not because of Certa, the Certa Pro franchise. It's a solid name and they provide yeah. valuable services to the franchisee. Uh, but what percentage of them just fail because the franchisee is, doesn't have the right skill set? Yeah. You know, a painter, a painter doesn't always have the right skill set to be a business owner. Uh, and a business owner doesn't have the right skill set to be a painter. Uh, so I, I think that the franchise model could work. I don't really have any interest in it. Um, I would rather, my, my goal is to, Branches takes take take yes, but what I want to do is find a guy like you that hasn't quite built your company up as, as big as you have yet, and buy your company, partner with you, and have you run your company with all of Somerset's resources and all of our all of our systems. That's a good approach. Um, yeah, and then you know I'm I'm kind of hands off and I'm just kind of I'm helping to build the systems and manage it and take a huge amount of workload off. Cause we could, we could in-house all the scheduling, all the invoicing, even from Michigan, even if these, uh, these other branches are outside of Michigan. Yeah. I thought about that. Right. I mean, if they, if you have the system to where you can kind of like upload the photos, you get the square footage of the house, mm -hmm. like you get all that, you can send that information to corporate corporate can shoot out the estimate. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, I think mm -hmm. if you look at our Facebook group, man, Hey, what would you charge for this? What would you charge this. Right, and it's like it don't matter where you're at. I mean, we all can come up with a price, um, and that's what it is. It's a price, and then you submit it through a follow up system, and then you have sales reps calling, and mm -hmm. people don't know where they're calling from. I could be calling from Hawaii to my customers here. That's a right. good point. Yeah, I mean, if if you can find the right company uh, with three or four painters, but they don't really have uh, a lot of sales expertise, you buy that company, find one young hungry sales guy, 
that wants to make a bunch of money and have them do all the sales, have the painters do all the production and then help them recruit from there. Wow. I mean, did you can have, hear, you can did, have did everyone, you can everyone have, hear that. <laughs> you can have million dollar branches all across the country. You and could. you know what? I could have one in your hometown and you could have one in my hometown and we'd both be successful. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, man. I love it. I love the mm-hmm. dynamic. I love the energy. Um, and I think that's our time, man. Brad, always okay. a pleasure. I think everyone in the uh, Facebook group has gotten to know you a little bit. We've had some people jump in. Um, any final thoughts on, uh, you know, in terms of, let's say if I had to, if, if you had to give us one piece of advice, I think the majority of people that I deal with have a major issue on recruiting solid help. I have mm-hmm. my own hiring process. You obviously probably have something what are you looking for when you think of a painter? I know you have some subcontractors. Let's narrow it down to an independent contractor, one guy. Mm-hmm. What are what are just some qualities that you look for, man, when you're looking to recruit good help? The well, there's some that are there's some things that are table stakes. They got to be high quality painter, right? They got to know how to paint. And they got to know how to paint well. Um, outside of that, the only thing that really matters to me is integrity. And if they were going to tell the truth, if they're going to show up when they're supposed to, if they're going to tell me. Uh, uh, things as they actually are and be honest, then I can work with that and I can help. How do you grow filter that out? Because I think that's the problem is some people mm-hmm. hire out of desperation. I mean, do you have any ways you can, you can find if someone's integral? Hire slow, fire fast. So yeah, that's the motto. Yep. So I, uh, I'm, I'm willing to give almost any painter a chance if they come on board and they make a good for, or if they, if they come to meet me and they make, give a good first impression in that face to face, I will give them a shot my quality control manager will actually be on site with them for the first couple jobs to, to watch their workflow. And after that, if they haven't given me a reason not to trust them, then I will trust them until I can't. And then they're yeah. gone immediately. Immediately. Yeah. No second chances at Somerset. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. Love it. It sounds harsh, yeah. but it's my reputation, man. That's you how, that's how everyone else makes money. Yeah. You got to, man. You have a responsibility to your customers in the same way that, you know, they have responsibility to you. Once that trust is broken, man, that's it. Got to go. We'll learn the next time. Awesome, man. Thanks for your time today, Brad. Always a pleasure chatting with you. We'll catch up soon. Appreciate everything you're doing, Tanner. Yes, sir. Drip Jobs CRM is finally here. That's right. So Drip Jobs is an automation platform for contractors, home service professionals. It's going to automatically follow up with your customers. It's going to allow you to send invoices, estimates. It's going to allow you to send out blast marketing emails to individuals based on where they are in the buying process this software is next level and i'm reaching out to you you're a listener of this podcast and i want you to be one of the first ones to give it a shot so if you want to see what drip jobs can do for your business i'd love for you to head over to dripjobs.com sign up for a free demo and get your team involved and let us sit with you and show you how powerful this software is it's going to save you time it's going to make you money and you're going to love the features that are built into drip jobs. So if you want to check it out, head over to dripjobs.com and we will give you first priority being a podcast listener uh, to be one of the very first to try out drip jobs in your home service business. I'm super excited to share that with you and I'll catch you on the next episode.